0: Welcome to Trifecta Now, Living a Course in Miracles. This is season four, and it's called The Journey. Episode one, how did we get here? Welcome back. This is the first episode in this new series. The Journey is a continuation of the book's teachings with more added life journeys and experiences to share. I've spoken to several of my family and friends and asked if they'd be interested in being interviewed. The consensus was no, no. But they would be happy to share some stories and experiences that I can share with all of you. I have some feelers out to see if there are some people out there who would like to talk about their journeys. Personally, I'd love to interview Jim Carrey or Keanu Reeves. That would be awesome for two reasons. First, they're both fellow Canadians. And second, I believe they both have experienced incredible journeys. And I have some questions. It is my hope that I'll get to interview and talk to some people who may or may not be famous, but whose life's journeys and lessons are worth sharing. The teachings of this course have many levels. The teachers also have different levels. That leads to my first topic, which is teachers. I have told you before that I am a teacher by profession, and I've accepted my role as a teacher of this course. But we are all teachers. In fact, we are teachers and learners. The course says that we teach to learn. This world concept of teachers and learners make them separate, apart from one another. I've instinctively known that was not my role as a teacher. I tell my students every year that I learn as much from them as I share with them. From demonstrations, others learn, but so does their teacher. Teaching is one person sharing who they are with others, and in return, without even asking, teachers learn from their teachings and from their students. What you choose to learn is entirely determined by you. Teaching reinforces what you believe about yourself. Its purpose is to remove self-doubt. We learn to be more self-aware. We learn this world's curriculum to fit into this reality unless we change our minds. This world is about hopelessness, attack, guilt, worry, and death, which teaches nothing but negative reinforcers. That is why God needs us to recognize ourselves as teachers. The teachers God sends to teach lessons of joy and peace, for these teachers, their learning will be fulfilled. Who are God's teachers, you might wonder? Anyone who chooses to be one. This person somehow and in some way has made a choice that they no longer see themselves as singular, but rather a part of the whole. They have consciously, or even subconsciously, entered into an agreement with God. An agreement to share their perspective because they've answered the universal call. A call that asks them to share the message of our wholeness, our oneness, and that guilt and death are not real. Every teacher will have a different form or variation of the course, but the message will be the same. Religion will play no role. Teachers come from all religions and some from none. It will be taught by actions or thoughts, in words or without, in any language or no language, and in any place or time or manner. The function of the teacher is to save time. Each one saves a thousand years of time. To the call, time has no meaning, which means that eternity not set in time can be found with the help of teachers. They will give timelessness to those who want it. The book also goes on to say that the pupils have already been assigned to their teachers, that they were chosen for that specific teacher because their teaching form is better or sorry, best for the level of understanding that the pupil is at. It also says that the pupils wait for their teacher, as the teacher will appear when they are ready. The book says that the world of time is the world of illusion. There's a line in the Manual for Teachers, page 5, paragraph 3, and it says this, quote, because your will is free, you can accept what has already happened at any time you choose, and only then will you realize that it was always there, end quote. This is saying that it is a choice and your choice at any point in time to let go of the past. When you do so, that is when you realize it was only part of the illusion you carried with you. Letting go of it does not change it, but it does change you. The teacher-student relationship is a holy one. There is no one that the teacher of God cannot learn from, and in return, there is no one they cannot teach. So what's the characteristics of one of God's teachers? Well, the physical characteristics are not the same at all. They have a specialness only set in time and temporary, for their purpose is to lead others out of time. The teachers of God have trust in this world because they have learned that it is not of this world. So it is powered by what is in them, not of them. Trust being the foundation for all teachers. Honesty is important as well, which does not only apply to what is being said, but how consistent you are with what you are saying. God's teachers do not judge. So tolerance and understanding of oneness is key. Judgment also implies a lack of trust. God's teachers are wholly gentle, meaning that, meaning the wholeness of one. They have the strength of gentleness. Joy is their song of thanks. They have no fear, for it is the opposite of joy. And they are sure they are loved and safe. God's teachers are also defenseless. They need no defenses for their belief and acceptance that this is all an illusion is their protection. And I quote, It is not danger that comes when defenses are laid down. It is safety. It is peace. It is joy, and it is God, end quote. Generosity is the next characteristic. It does not follow the typical meaning, which means giving away. It is a different level meaning for teachers. They give away in order to keep. In other words, the teacher does not want anything he cannot give away. Patience is another characteristic. This one associated with time in this world. The teacher sees a certain outcome regardless of when it comes and never doubting it will come. Faithfulness is another characteristic, and it's measured in how accepting of all things being an illusion that a teacher accepts. The teacher's trust in the Word of God setting all things right. Not some things, but all things. The book says, and I quote, "...to give up all problems." to one answer is to reverse the thinking of the world entirely, end quote. The last characteristic of one of God's teacher, teachers is open-mindedness. Open-minded means lack of judgment. Open-minded people can forgive and let go of all things. Forgiveness is the final goal of the curriculum. Teachers cannot teach those who do not want to learn. They cannot change anyone's mind either. For those who are already willing to change, the teacher only celebrates the learning with them. For those who do not understand how to heal themselves and change their perception of this world, the teacher's function is to present another choice which they've forgotten. The presence of the teacher is a reminder that God exists. Remember that no one is where they are by accident or by chance. The thought system of a teacher is one that does not follow the world's view of God and our purpose here in this world. The teachers never decide alone. They ask for assistance from the Holy Spirit. What is the prerequisite for being open to hearing God's voice? Giving up judgment. When your head is full of thoughts and judgments of others, then no other voice can be heard. Most teachers do not change overnight, do not become that teacher overnight. It's a process of unlearning and letting go. It is a mind training or even better yet, a retraining. We we knew this once and for most of us it all sounds so familiar when we first hear this message. I did feel a calling and a pull to share this understanding of of share my understanding of this book. I knew As I was reading it for the very first time, it was going to change everything. How many teachers do you think God needs to bring his children home? He needs just one. But this is a bit of a trick question, as we are all already one. Just because we are not aware or accepting of this does not make it untrue. Nothing outside of us will actually change. Everything will look the same. It is the mind that changes. God is no longer feared, and fear itself fades away. God's teachers appear to be many, because that is what this world needs to see. It's only what we can see. So it does not matter if the teacher appears in many forms. Their minds are one. They become one. God's message is that we are all one, and we choose to believe this when we have all found peace Joy, happiness, and love. So how, does, how do these teachers spend their days? The same way as they did before, with a few exceptions. Teachers live in this moment and spend most of their days in the holy instant. They have thoughts of joy, peace, and happiness. Teachers love without conditions and have come to understand the true meaning of love. Remember, love is not learned. Its meaning has always been a part of us. And remembering what it is comes from recognizing all it is not. The course is just like that. Recognizing all that you are not will help you to understand who you are. Time does seem to slip by because it holds less relevance for a teacher. Teachers are set and focused because they see the road on which they walk stretched out surely and smoothly before them there is one thought that is shared among teachers and everyone they encounter. It is a thought of joy, a thought of peace, and a thought of happiness. Teachers live the course and have adopted their teachings as part of who they are. In turn, they share it with anyone and everyone who wants to learn. So going back to the beginning, when I said, how did we get here? Well, We do know that we were born and are living a life in this world, this place we see as our reality. We do not know for sure where we came from and why our bodies have an expiry date. The book reminds us that our life is eternal and that this body is only a resting place for this life journey. Our bodies will expire, but we never do. Our spirits and souls live on just as they had before we entered this world and as they will after we leave it. I believe that we live in heaven and chose this life and time to come here and learn lessons and teachings. The book states that as well. But why, some of you might think, why would we come here devoid of any memory of who we truly are? I've suggested it a few times that maybe we did this to see if we could navigate this world and remember who came with us as our guide. Jesus remembered, and the Holy Spirit guided him in his life in this world. The Holy Spirit offers the same assistance, no more or less, that she gave our brother. How many times have we asked ourselves, what is all this for? There must be something better. Those thoughts and feelings appear randomly, but not by coincidence. It is our higher selves trying to wake up to what is real, to awaken our minds to our purpose and our journey. The first step is the acceptance that this cannot all be, sorry, that this cannot be all that there is, that this life's purpose is in our minds to discover, to share, and to realize how simple our existence truly is. It is a step process, and it can be moved along slowly or quickly, depending on how open-minded you are. Today, we can accept that we are all pupils, that we are all students, that we are here to learn and to share that knowledge along the way. Maybe we all came here to be teachers. We start out as the pupils with the goal of the teacher. In two weeks, episode two, I will talk about healers. How can we heal ourselves? Why healing is seen as a threat? Why is sickness part of our lives? And how invested we have become in being sick? The motivating factor in healing is prayer or asking. Healing and atonement are not related. They are identical. Thanks for listening. On Sunday, the 20th, September 20th, I will upload the second episode. Remember, this is our journey. Let us keep finding our way. Live in this moment. It's the only one that matters. Always love, Denise.